local sports leader. All right, we're here in the Valley. Tonight, the Diamondbacks are in Los Angeles taking on the Dodgers for their opening day. And I believe, if I remember what Mitch told me correctly before the show started, our next guest is in Houston for the Astros opener today. Joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line, our friend and colleague from the USA Today. We have him on many, many times, Bob Nightingale from USA Today, joining us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Uh, Houston, yes, Bob, that's where you're at? Yeah, I'm right here, right before, uh, right before the Final Four. So nobody's talking about the Final Four here, but they're talking about the Astros. <laughs> yeah, because Houston was supposed to be in the Final Four, and they didn't make it. They got knocked out early. I, I don't know if you got a chance to watch that, that Yankee-Giants game earlier today, but two hours and 33 minutes, that is exactly what baseball was trying to accomplish when they made these changes in the, uh, with the rules. Yeah, I mean, I think their ultimate goal is 245. So, yeah, if this continues, I'd really be happy. I mean, everybody would be happy except for the, uh, the beer the beer salesman. I mean, you better stand in line and get your beer early or else that game's going to be over before you know it. Yeah, it, it's going to take some, from your perspective and the players you've talked to, the adjustment that has gone on with pitchers and hitters to the pitch clock and the rules and everything. Has it been seamless? Has it been easy? Has it had its challenges? What's the vibe that you're getting from the clubhouses you've been in, Bob? You know, it's been pretty seamless. I mean, I, I think at one time the pitchers thought, okay, I can play some uh, cat and mouse games with the uh, hitters. The hitters, you know, thought there'd be adjustment for the pitchers. But so far, we haven't really seen too much. I, I do believe, or prescribing that theory, that guys who throw hard may be a little disadvantaged. If you're throwing a hundred miles an hour, you know, you know, five, six, seven straight pitches, you may be a little out of breath. So a lot of people think the velocity will drop down a little bit. The only thing I wonder about is the postseason. You know, I covered the whole, you know, WBC, and those things were so dramatic. You hate to see a pitch clock kind of take that away because, you know, the momentum and the uh, the vibe there, you know, when you see you know, Tani and Trout, you know, you don't want to be looking at the clock. I like got eight seconds to blow a pitch. You want them to have a, a few more seconds. So I wouldn't be surprised if they push it back, at least in postseason, maybe by five seconds. Uh, let's talk a little D-backs here because uh, the, the, the feeling is that this team is going to be a lot better. They may even compete for a, a wild card spot. We saw what the young guys did coming up last year with Alec Thomas and Corbin Carroll and Jake McCarthy and just the infusion that uh, of youth added a lot of excitement to the club. There's still some questions starting pitching-wise, but give me your thoughts on how far this team can go this season. I mean, I don't see any reason why they can't, you know, at least contend for a wild card spot in September. I mean, obviously, there's, you know, one of those young guys will not have a big year. It'll be a surprise somewhere along the line. But the young athletic team, you know, I'm with you. I think the you know, starting rotation is questionable, uh, you know, outside of uh, Gallon and Kelly. Uh, we'll see what happens in the bullpen. But, yeah, I mean, it should be a, a fun team to watch. And I, and I do believe with the new rule changes, with the, uh, you know, the pickoff move, uh, you know, only, only getting two of them in the larger bases, should help out a team like the Diamondbacks because they have so many young athletic players. How necessary of a gamble was it for the Diamondbacks to do what they did with Corbin Carroll and signing him to that eight-year, $111 million deal when he's only got, what, 30-some-odd games in the majors? What sort of gamble did that represent for the Diamondbacks from your perspective? You know, I think it's just a thing that, that they you know, believe in him. They've been around him enough, you know, sign him, uh, had him in the uh, you know farm system and saw what type of uh, person he is. I think when you sign a, a kid to that type of contract, you know, like we saw it last year with Seattle and Julio Rodriguez, you're going to believe that money's not going to change him. 
And I think just, you, know, you guys have been around him. It's like, just, you know, it seems like the, uh, such a down to earth kid and that's going to do everything possible to, uh, you know, win rookie of the year and be, you know, maybe an MVP candidate or at least a perennial all star, uh, you know, for, for years to come. So I, I, I think they think that's, a, you know, obviously a wise business investment that he's going to be worth that kind of money, if not a lot more, because ultimately going to save him a lot more money in the long run. D-backs have an ace in Zach Gallen, his agent, Scott Boris. He's got three more years of control with Arizona. Obviously, if he's not going to sign an extension, I don't know if he plays out all three years, then you're probably not going to lose him for nothing. But what are the chances that with Scott Boris as your agent, that the Diamondbacks might be able to get a long-term deal done with him like they did with Corbin Carroll? I just don't see it. I mean, Scott Boris' clients don't do that. And I think that, you know, that Scott thinks that uh, in three years, you know, he'd be the top three agent starter out there. So I'd be shocked. And there's a better chance of the, the three of us, you know, getting opening day starts and, uh, and, and that gallons and long-term extension. I, I just don't know what he's worth. The money, Joe, uh, so big in the game. So I don't see it. I don't think there's any number that even Scott Boris would tell the Diamondbacks, he'll sign for this. I don't think he exists. Does that then put uh, Bob Nightingale from USA Today, national baseball writer, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo show? I should sell everybody that. Does that then put a, a limited window on the Diamondbacks' ability to compete over these next few years? Is it is it tied to how long they've got Zach Gallon on the roster if they do have to move on from Zach because of the contract? Well, I don't think you just say you know you can only compete as long as he's here. Uh, you know, hey, if they uh, if they have a, a down year sometime and feel like you know someone's going to offer them a ton of uh, prospects and some easily ready players for them, you know, you you would move them. Uh, but no, I th- I think you know, they're planning to have him here for three years, whether he's making you know thirty million dollars a year that last year or or, or whatnot. And uh, you know, at some point, you got to raise that payroll. You know, when you're in the same division as the uh, you know the Padres, the Dodgers, the Giants. Uh, you know, they all have such such bigger payrolls. Um, you look at San Diego, it's the third large, third smallest market in all of baseball, and yet they have the third largest payroll. So yeah. at, at some point, if you want to compete, you got you got to raise that payroll. Yeah, that was a kind of a new owner that that uh, wanted to spend a lot of money. They they certainly don't have that type of money coming in, but that owner was spending a lot of his own money with the with the uh, Padres. I the Diamondbacks increased their payroll a little bit this year, but you know I'm sure it'll go up once they feel like they're more competitive. You know, the question is when you look at like the the the, the signing of Carroll, and and we've seen what Atlanta has done, and Tampa has done, and Seattle with some of the younger players. Is that the pay- Path forward for teams that are mid to lower markets having to take that chance of locking up players at such a young age? No, absolutely right, again, Bob. I mean, look, if you go back, you remember Cleveland back in the day, and they did that with all those guys, you know, Alomar, Bayerga, uh, on and on and on. And they, uh, you know, they were studs and they ruled at AL Central for about, you know, eight or 10 years. So that's what you got to do. You got to get the right guys to believe in and, and lock them up. Because, you know, markets like that, you're not going to be able to afford it. Uh, you know, when some of these guys get a free agent, you know, you're not going to be able to compete, you know, with the Padres, the Mets, you know, the Yankees, the Phillies, that sort of thing. What was your thoughts on the on the Varsho trade to Toronto to get back Gabriel Moreno and Lords Goriel? I mean, obviously dealing from surplus with the outfielders, but man, I, I really liked what they had there, but it seems like they, they needed a catcher more than they needed an extra outfielder. 
Yeah, you know, talking to uh, other GMs and uh, scouts, uh, not saying unanimous, but, you know, about 80, 90% love the trade for the Dimebacks. Now, you know, it does set the Dimebacks, you know, back a little bit this year. You're a better team, you know, with, with Barsha in it. But for the future, to have a young catcher like that, and they're so hard to find, people, you know, love the trade for that reason. You know, maybe you traded Barsha at, at, at his peak, where, you know, a kid like Marino is just going to get better and better. I mean, I'll growing pains this year for sure, but hopefully in a few years, you know, it becomes a, you know, the all-star type catcher. Bob Nightingale from the USA Today, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Leave us with this. Are you just expecting the L.A. Dodgers and the San Diego Padres to basically trade haymakers all season long? Because while we all want the Diamondbacks to be relevant for as long as they can, and certainly that's the goal this year, it does seem like a very top-heavy division with those two. Are they just going to be trading punches all year long? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I know everyone wants to give the Padres a division, but people forget the Padres finished 22 games behind the Dodgers last year. I think people are writing the Dodgers off, you know, too quickly here. I mean, number one, they already have the number one farm system. They got a loaded, loaded team. So, yeah, I think those are the two best. I think the Giants would be better than people think. I think the Giants will win, you know, should win at least 85 games. So, I think the Diamondbacks made improvements. They made a drastic improvement last year. Yeah, you know, probably realistically, you're looking probably more toward a year from now, thinking, okay, that's we're going to be serious contenders for a wild card spot. You get as a wild card team, and you know, who knows what happens then. Bob, Bob, I know you remember those those teams with Whitey Herzog in St. Louis in the '80s with the speed, Vince Coleman and McGee and Ozzie Smith, and you know, there's a lot of feeling that the Diamondbacks with their speed could be similar. You know, the ability to go from first to third or score from first on a ball in a gap to steal bases, put pressure on the defense. Do you see any similarities with the D-backs and those Cardinal teams? Yeah, when you talk about the outfield, for sure. I mean, the Cardinals always had the, you know, the best and speediest outfield, uh, the most athletic guys. No, you're right. I mean, the Cardinals had pitching, too, obviously, with, you know, Andohar and Tudor and those type yeah. of guys. Uh, but, yeah, but as far as a, a fun, exciting team to watch, you know, particularly playing on turf, too, that helps. And they, uh, so, no, I, I think it would be a, a real fun team. I mean, nobody... Everybody hates, you know, older teams that are, uh, you know, slow and not doing anything. Let's face it, that's what made the uh, Cleveland Guardians so fun to watch last year. They had the youngest team in baseball. You know, they got, what, 40 more uh, infield hits than any team in baseball. They struck out fewer than uh, any other team. So, yeah, people love watching those teams. Those teams can kind of sustain itself and get better as years go on. Yeah. Bob, good stuff as always. We appreciate the time. Safe travels. We'll talk to you soon, okay? All right. Look forward to it. Thank you, guys.